With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Groin, groin, groin. Who has a hurt groin? Rick Nash does. He hurt his groin in the overtime period against uh, uh that was the easy part of the song. Uh welcome. Welcome to a Monday night edition of Bantering the Blue Shirts. Because Joe's Christmas party is on Wednesday, and that would not be good. But in typical Beth fashion, Beth has had her own Christmas party for her husband's birthday, and this will be good. Beth, Mike, how are you guys doing today? Good, my groin's fine. Good. My groin's okay, too. We should just That's all greet each other like this now. Yeah, yeah, my groin is also good. fine. Uh, you may be but asking why we're talking about... both sides of your groin fine? I think so. I think if your groin is fine, then both sides would have to be fine, no? Apparently, Rick Nash hurt the other side of his groin. Yeah, it's a different. It's the same groin, but a different groin. A different side of the groin. Hmm. Interesting. Well, whatever else, Nash's groin is hurt, as per a report from Larry Brooks today. Uh, the New York Rangers star forward will be out an unknown amount of time. How scary is that, Michael? You begin, so we can give Beth time to formulate words. Um. Well, it's funny because uh, well, I was thinking of what we were going to talk about in the podcast tonight when we figured out we had to do it tonight. And one of the things I really wanted to make a point of talking about was how good Nash has been since he's been back in the lineup. I mean, obviously he had the two goals um, in the, his first two games back from the other groin injury. But um, even last night, you know, the amount of times he went hard to the net it just, you know, it looks like vintage Nash. It, it looks so good. And then, of course, you know, he played 37 seconds in overtime, and there was some concern about that. And then we get the news that, once again, he's degroined. So um, it's, uh, it's not good news because, as we say a lot, he's the team's best three-zone forward. And, you know, right now he's tied – Tied with Grabner for the team leading goals. Uh, even with the time he missed, he's still leading the team in shots. He's also tied with like five Rangers with six power play points. So uh, he's a huge part of the team, especially the offense. It's uh, not good. Not good at all. Degroined. Not something that I thought we would hear on the podcast, maybe ever. Beth, what are your thoughts on Nash and his delicate groins? Well, considering he's the only ranger who seems to actually want to go to the net, um, this is this is not a good thing. Um, everyone else seems to feel like they need to te- 
touch the puck three times before they shoot. Um, and I mean, all of them, everyone on the ice has to touch the ice three times before anybody shoots. So, you know, we're going to miss Nash careening down and actually going for the goal as opposed to whatever weird origami crap the rest of them seem to feel like they need to do now before they can put a shot on the net, if they ever actually get around to that before, you know, turning the puck over and getting sent back to their own end. We saw Nash really lower the shoulder for the first time in a while against uh, against the Devils, where just on two or three opportunities where he's driving the zone and has a step on his defender where he just puts his shoulder down and, and drags himself to the front of the net. And, uh, one of those goes in, and it's a highlight real goal that we're talking about right now and, and in the future. And I don't think, you know, I'd love to sit here and tell you that I'm not worried about Nash being out from an offensive standpoint, but the Rangers have made it pretty clear that without Zibanejad and Buchnevich, they're having some difficulties putting the puck in the back of the net. And these are not the October New York Rangers or, or even the first week of November New York Rangers. And you look up and down the lineup at guys who are maybe kind of not scoring for a variety of different reasons, uh, before the show, Beth gave a pop <laughs> quiz to me and Mike, and she said, if I was about to complain about one thing that Vigneault was doing, what would it be? And it has nothing to do with the goalies. And I yelled out, benching Jimmy VC, and that was it, because we can't figure it out. So to be down Nash probably puts Peary back in the lineup, which is fine. Um, but you're, it's a pretty significant downgrade, because the Rangers just don't have a lot of players who can do what Nash does, even when they're fully healthy. And I think we've seen the defense kind of become a little bit more of a hot button issue. And Henrik Lundqvist has had to stand on his head and we will get to him staring down the crab shortly. But uh, Mike, what are some of the long-term implications you think at this point when it comes to Lundqvist and, or excuse me, when it comes to Nash and him not being in the lineup? Well, I think the big thing, you know, I mentioned before the, uh, you know, the, the power play, I think, you know, there's a couple Rangers who have four power play goals, but, you know, Nash obviously got, you know, crapped on by a lot of people last season for being hurt and, you know, having a really low shooting percentage and, you know, went down from 40 goals to, you know, less than 20. But then, you know, this year, you know, he's already missed the four games. And uh, like I said, he's, leading the team and shots by, I just looked at it, I think it's by a margin of 11. So um, when he's in the lineup and especially at even strength and on the ice, you know, he, he gets shots and he generates scoring chances. And when you look at what he's, not just what he's looked like the past three games, but you know, he was having a really, really promising start to his season. And, uh, you know, if, like his points were front heavy, 13 goals, seven assists. But, you know, I think all of us remember his beautiful shorthanded goal. And mm-hmm. he's a guy. <laughs> oh, no, Beth. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, he's a guy who's valuable in almost every scenario. Like, uh, shorthanded, he's important to the team. On the power play, even though he's traditionally not a big power play guy, he's important. And certainly an even strength. I mean, I, as Beth pointed out, you know, on a team with guys with big bodies like Hayes and Kreider, Nash is the guy who's driving the net hard and, you know, using his body to shield the puck and attack 
attack the you know attack the crease and everything on the Russians. He's looked so damn good, and so it's it's spooky really, just because it's if you think about. I'm sure some people will balk at this, but you know I think you can pretty comfortably call Buchnevich a top six forward on this team. And so the Rangers are now. I know we haven't talked about him so long, but Buchnevich, Zabinajad, and Nasher are all out. That's that's a, a a top. That's a second line at least. You know, it's a big deal, and it's great that the team is winning. And we've seen them recently win a lot of close games. Um, after, you know, shooting the lights out early in the season. But being down, likely the team's best center. Um, and, a, you know, the, a young prospect who, you know, the underlying numbers on Buchnevich when he was in the lineup were just unreal. And then, obviously, Nash is, Nash is Nash. So, you know, he's the highest paid board on the team, and it's for a good reason. He's the best three-zone player on the team. Beth? What was the question? Uh, what you thought <laughs> the impact of losing Nash was <laughs> groin, going to groin, be. Groin, groin, groin. The impact of him being gone? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they. I mean, again, it's it's a huge impact. They did hang in during the games. He was gone with the other side of the groin. So... You know, I, I mean, I do think they're capable of making it work. But watching him out there, I, he's a huge presence, literally and figuratively. He makes a tremendous difference. He makes all kinds of things happen. There are things that are possible when he's on the ice that aren't possible when he isn't. And, yeah, I mean, of course, of course you want him there. So, you know, figure out your groin, Nash. What else is there to say? He's a source of offense that the Rangers desperately need right now, and I think it was pretty easy to overlook his offensive contributions back in the beginning of the year when the Rangers were on pace to score like 400 goals. But overall, you, you miss a guy like Nash, and Mike is right. Between Nash, Buchnevich, and, and uh, Mika Zibanejad, Zibanejad. You really I wouldn't even say you have a second line. I'd say you have the Rangers' top line in a lot of respects. Yeah. And, I'm not going to balk at Buchnevich being a top six forward on this team. I would call Buchnevich one of the top three three-way forwards on this team, a guy who has really been or has shown that he could be really good in all three zones. So this is obviously a, a big blow to the Rangers, and I have no idea what the uh, timetable is on Buchnevich. It was supposed to be three weeks, like six weeks ago. So uh, I guess we'll try to figure that one out. And Mika Zibanejad is still walking around in the booth, Early January, so. yeah. We have there's a lot of time left to to kind of work your way through this, and to not have Nash is a bit of an issue because I think you could see just how dominant he can be for this team, and a pretty good example is what he did against the Devils and and, and what he has mm-hmm. been that short side snipe against Nashville that pulls you out of your seat. The Rangers don't have a ton of players who can do that on an everyday basis right now, um, at least from a goal scoring standpoint. So uh, something to be nervous about, and that kind of leads me to the point that Beth made before. It, it seems like Vigneault certainly uh, has BC on the do not trust list, similar to a do not fly list uh, that you may be stopped in an airport and potentially probed uh, it, where he just can't find his way onto the ice in the third period. And 
in overtime. Vigneault has been good enough to use him in the shootout, but I, I, I don't understand how a guy who has more goals than Stepan Fast and uh, I don't remember who the third player was combined is a guy that you can't get onto the ice. And we talked about this last week after the game against Chicago where Vigneault finally put BC back in and, and he did some really incredible things. This is a guy who has a ton of offensive talent who, for whatever reason, isn't playing. And, and it's frustrating. And Beth, since you brought that up, you get to speak on this now. I mean, there's just no, it, it just, it bugs me because this is a guy that any team would kill to have. And we saw, we saw this sort of loss of favor happen with Hayes in his second season with the Rangers. Um, 20 pounds here, there, we can debate the reasons for that, you know, but it, there's a point at which it gets difficult to sort of figure out the chicken and egg thing. And is the player miserable and not playing well? Because clearly the coach has lost, you know, they've lost the coach's favor or have they lost the favor because they're not playing well? I honestly have not seen VC do a single thing that would merit him being benched. Um, much less as a rookie. And again, as a rookie that so many teams would kill to have, you know, I mean, he produces, there's really, he's done his job. So what on earth could he be being punished for? But again, we're talking about the coach that punishes Henrik Lundqvist. So, you know, at least VC can uh, realize he's in good company. I mean, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to it. I can't find anything. I can't think of anything. We don't even have to get into the whole game of, you know, accountability with the defense. I really, you know, you saw the reasons. Perhaps Bigneault sat Hayes last year and just wondered if the the benching was the the right way to play that. I don't think it was. I think it made Hayes worse. I think it made him less confident. But with VSC, you don't. I don't even see the reasons. That's what confuses me. Do you guys see what it is that AV is seeing that? putting VC's butt back on the bench. Mike, you want to crack at this? You want me to kick things off? Uh, you, you swing first, because I think I have a whole other thing for it. Well, that's uh, encouraging for the direction that this podcast is going to go. <laughs> uh, I, I guess, no. The answer is probably far more simple than we'd like to believe it is. And I, I really do think it's because He's just an untrusted veteran. I mean, Jesper Fast had probably the worst possession numbers yesterday, and he played the most even strength time. There really is no rhyme or reason, at least from an analytical standpoint, where you can sit there and say, okay, he did this, 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 and this. But down the stretch, you're down a goal, and you need someone who can shoot the puck. Nash, VC, I mean, these are your best goal scorers right now. Throw maybe JT Miller in there or Stepan and Kreider, or not Stepan, uh, Kreider and uh, Kevin Hayes. But those are the guys that you need to get on the ice. And unfortunately, he has not found a way onto the ice for a bunch of different reasons, I'm sure. But this is not uh, Michael Silvers, who who was good enough to join us in the chat, thankfully. Um, I think second week in a row we've uh, we've made it easy for you. But uh, he's saying he doesn't know if it's the actual timing because the NCAA schedules only 40 games and VC's already approaching 40 games. But 
I, I think it just has a lot more to do with the way that Vigneault prioritizes his players. Top to bottom, he has a list of guys that he trusts. He has a list of guys that he doesn't trust. And this definitely looks like a, a situation where he does not trust the VC in the third period of a close game because he doesn't think he's defensively good enough. But again, this is the guy who used to play Tanner Glass down a man to uh, protect the late lead. So uh, we're not necessarily saying that he makes the best personnel decisions, but I don't think there's anything to see. I think it's very simply just, this is the way that Vigneault operates. And until a player has had the opportunity to earn his trust and to to court his trust like a 16th century husband. Um, you just have to kind of work your way into the lineup whenever you can, and that's what's happening right now. Mike, your rant? Well, first of all, are you suggesting that people still don't court one another? I would say not Wait, like what doing century six- husband was that? I, I missed it. 16. Okay. I think that flies. You know, courting. Well, if you'd courting said 15th, him. you would have made a fool of yourself. But yeah, 16th is okay. See, I don't make a fool of myself all the time. Um, just wondering but yeah. how much your. I'm just wondering how much your wife is going to enjoy Valentine's this year. That's all. Anyway, um, so I think <laughs> something that's interesting to me, and yeah, uh, the seed was kind of put in my head when I did the conference call with uh, Mark Messier. Um, earlier towards the end of last week, I think. And, uh, you know, Messier described Yager as like a, you know, a blue line in player. You know, that's, that's where you notice someone like Yager. And Rizzi is obviously a completely different animal, but that's, that's where he's going to make his mark. You know, he's a guy who, you know, he's capable of making, you know, you know, fine enough neutral zone and, defensive zone plays, but he doesn't make the sort of plays that, you know, you notice guys like Nash or, or Miller make. Um, you know, he's he's a guy who knows where to be for the receiving end, you know, to be on the receiving end of passes around the net. He's, like, uh, Joey, you wrote a, a piece on him a while ago or last week where you described, you know, he's, you know, he's an opportunistic scorer. Like, he finds the finds the ways to get the rebounds and, you know, the tap-in goals, and he knows where to be to make that impact. And that's a huge skill in its own right. And he also, you know, he's not one of those guys who has, you know, like a, a you know, like an Alexi Kovalev shot or anything like that. But, you know, when you think of a player like that, those are the players you really have to be careful with, with making sure you give them an opportunity to succeed because, it's to me it's it's a very frustrating thing to figure out, you know what what you can do with a guy like Vizi if you don't give him the opportunity to get you know, and I know that a lot of people think, you know, offensive zone face offs and zone start numbers are not as terribly important as we might have thought they were a year or two ago, um, with analytics, but you want Vizi in the situations where he is in the offensive zone and that means putting him with the right guys and that means putting him on the ice when the puck is in the offensive zone, you know, on the power play and all that. So it'll be really interesting to see what AV does with Nash out because the most logical guy, I mean, it's logical to, to plug Peary back in, but it's also very logical to 
move VZ up the depth chart with with Nash out because mm-hmm. you know as you said Joe he's he's the guy who can score goals. I mean, ten goals in thirty three games and you know he's been streaky and you know all that stuff. But he's also a rookie and uh, you know I, I wrote a piece for for FanRag Sports about VZ where I, you know I took a closer look at his numbers and the big thing that stands out from him and the other rookies who are scoring a lot of goals this year is, you know, the Patrick Lyonnais of the world and all that is he just, he's getting like four or five minutes less ice time per game. So, you know, if you think about what VC might do, if he's put in more of a position to succeed and treated truly like, you know, a top six winger, mm-hmm. it would be great to see that. But so far, I don't think we've really seen that. We've seen it in fits and bursts, but, and you see him, you know, he scores a huge, you know, symbolic and otherwise goal in the shootout in Nashville while he's getting, you know, booed. And then the next game he's riding the pine. I mean, goal scorers, are really offensively gifted players, you know, they, they will make mistakes and, you know, stuff like that. But he's, he's a rookie. Let, let, let him be a rookie. Let him be on the ice. That's an issue that Vigneault has had with a lot of different players, though. And when you talk about – so the article I wrote just tried to break down some of VC's goals, and Mike put it about as elegantly as, as I did not, which is that he is an opportunistic scorer. VC is really good at, at finding those soft spots on the ice and being in the right place in the right time. And a lot of people might point to that and say, okay, this is him being really lucky, but it's actually VC being smart enough to know where to go. And the Rangers don't have a ton of shot-first players, and VC is one of them. And we talked about this before uh, Dylan McElrath got traded, but in a lot of senses, Vigneault uh, is, is perfectly – yeah, you're right, Beth is drunk. We probably shouldn't bring up McElrath. Uh, no, not Dylan McElrath. Well, I'm fine. Um, where you don't very really know, early, I'm fine. <laughs> you don't really know what you have, in a sense, and – I think VC should be moved up in the depth chart. That makes the most sense. But more important than that, what is it that you do to – why wouldn't you use him? Why wouldn't you overuse him? Why wouldn't you get an idea of what it is that you have? And in the glimpses that we've seen, we've seen an unbelievably gifted goal scorer who is not playing as much and with the players that you'd like to see him play. And when Vigneault finally gave VC the reins against Chicago, he was their best player. And, and that's not to insinuate that VC would have been the best player last night or would have made things completely different. But this is not the first time that we've seen VC get benched in the third period. And it's frustrating because this is a guy who can definitely do some really, really good things with the puck. And a guy who has, to this point, done some really, really good things with the puck. And if you have this expectation that he's going to be on the team for a long time and everybody gushes about how good he is, well, he should probably get that type of ice time, no? And that's kind of, you know, that's where I am right now. This is uh, this is where you butter your ducks, where you get the opportunity <laughs> to just put butter on a duck. Is right here where you're kind of running down the stretch a little bit. You need some wins, and you need an opportunity to – Lundqvist is back. You had a little bit of a goalie controversy that you created. Why not give these guys the best opportunity? With players out like Zvanichad and Buchnevich, VC should be getting a ton of ice time. Uh, just to see what you have, uh, even up front. Beth, anything you want to throw in here? I don't know. I mean, we saw the the suggestion in the chat that maybe he's, uh, you know, 
AB is acclimating him from an NCAA schedule, which is possible. I mean, for all we know, yeah, he's sucking wind well. on the bench and we don't see it. And, um, I mean, that would be a logical reason. I, I dream of logical reasons. I haven't seen him looking gassed personally, but, you know, it, it could happen. And, again, taking taking a score like BC off the ice just seems self seems like shooting your team in the foot. But, I mean, I guess we'll see. It didn't maybe when, I don't know, do they have, like, they have a break coming up, right? Uh, they kind do of? They'll have the holiday break. But uh, just to, not to interrupt you, but you talk about shooting yourself in the foot. This is the same coach that continues to play Dan Girardi as a top-line defender. No, I know, so, I know, I know. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, it's not like we're in a world of logic ending out. Yeah, they're they're not rubbing their groins and they're shooting themselves in the foot. Remember to rub your groin. It's very important. Stretch your groin. Stretch your groin. We don't need any rubbing. I mean, somebody needs to rub it. Sometimes you need someone to rub it. You you know, you need a professional to come in and... Yeah, a masseuse, if you will. Yeah. If you will. Um, If you will. You know, riding riding the hot (laughs) hand. All these things are important. Speaking of riding the hot hand, Mignot traded in one hot hand for an even hotter hand. He threw Lundqvist back in against Dallas. Lundqvist got annihilated by Cody Eakin. Oh, I can't uh, believe we haven't talked about that. Yeah, Holy let's cow. talk about that for a minute. That is a gross, disgusting, dirty, intentional hit. I love Lindy Ruff trying to play it off like it wasn't that big of a deal because if that happened to Dallas, Lindy Ruff probably would have taken a stick, broken it, and then used the broken shards to try to murder whoever it was hit his goaltender. Uh, Eakin was suspended Well, they don't have games. a goaltender. They have it's true. two half And they do when they play us, let's face it. I, uh, well, so looked... yeah, I'm waiting true. for a team to <laughs> sign me and put me in net against the Rangers, and I'll have a shutout unintentionally. Um, so Egan gets four. Egan gets four games. Lundqvist is fine. I, I thought he might have concussion symptoms. He didn't. He came back in the game, thankfully, and then he came back against the Devils and played really well. Lundqvist is staring down the crabs right now. Um, thoughts on the hit, on the suspension, or just on Lundqvist? Mike, take us away. The the big thing I I, I took away at first was. There is a little bit of a debate going on with people about, you know, what a player is expected to do in that scenario and whether or not we, you know, the the whole football thing, like our quarterback's too protected and then our goalie's too protected in hockey. But I think this was a very black and white, like, Lundqvist had every right. He was making a, you know, a, I call it pedestrian in the sense that it happens every day all the time in hockey, you know, going behind the net to stop the puck when it's swung around the boards, he has every right to do that. A goalie has a, you know, it's it's not out of the norm. He wasn't doing anything unexpected or shocking. And then Eakin, you know, the thing that a lot of people pointed out, he's never had any disciplinary issues before. He is, you know, a bottom six, you know, heart and soul guy, you know, skates hard, finishes checks and all that. But, when you when you watch you know, when you watch it a bunch of times and from different angles, there's no hiding what happened. I mean, it's very clearly an intentional hit. It wasn't like a collision or 
he bumped him or, you know, people freak out when guys clip goalies behind the net. This was a shoulder to the head. You know, the freaking helmet came off of Lundqvist's head. So um, my big thing with it is, other than the fact that I was relieved Hank was okay and, and all that stuff, but I remember earlier in the year um, when Ronta had a, uh, a, you know, he had to do the concussion protocol. Lundqvist went into the game and he got lit up. Um, and then after the game, he was talking about whether or not, you know, it's, it's fair um, for, you know, a goalie, goalies don't get to warm up when, you know, a goalie gets pulled, but they at least get to kind of mentally prepare themselves to step onto the ice for NHL hockey. But in situations like that, you know, when Ronta had to come in for Hank, and I think he's, you know, four or five shots, but, you know, is it, wouldn't it be more fair if, if there's a concussion protocol because of an injury caused by the other team to give, you know, the backup goalie or the bench goalie a couple moments, you know, to kind of to get his head on right or, you know, it's because it's not the same circumstance. It's not, you know, the goalies let in, you know, eight goals on 12 shots. So we're giving him, you know, we're yanking him off stage. But uh, I think the only other thing I wanted to add, and I guess I'll let, I'll hand it off to Beth with this because, I think she might make another allusion to uh, McElrath, but um, it was really interesting to see the crustaceans of the Rangers fan base get so up in arms about no one coming to Hank's defense. And, you know, because it happens every time when there's a dirty hit or there's a play like this where this amazing debate of, whether or not the presence of a, of a tough guy is an effective preventative measure or not. And it's, each and every time it drives me crazy, but I, I don't want to launch into that rant, so I'll let Beth take it from here. Well, I mean, it's been, like, statistically proven that it isn't a deterrent, right? I mean, it may cause some fireworks after the fact, but just the plain old fact of, even in the enforcer era, one or two on each team, just the very fact of their existence sort of disproves the idea that nobody's ever going to do anything to anybody. Um, And again, you know, it's a little odd just, you know, in hockey logic that Nash is the only one who made sort of a half-hearted effort to go after Eakin. I mean, again, if we did still, and I, yes, I'm going to go there because let's face it, Dylan McElrath would be in jail right now if he had been on the ice when that happened. <laughs> um, oh, he would be boy. in jail. He, we would have to be. Riding, riding a hot hand in jail. <laughs> wow. So it's Christmas. <laughs> Doesn't make it any um, less true. I, I don't think Dylan McElrath rides any hands that he doesn't want to be Dylan McElrath. Um, well, this is taking a certain time. You know, what are we talking about now? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It is Christmas. We you'd want to be warm from the hot hands. We were talking about, well, I actually, I have a, unless Beth, do you have anything to add or did you just spiral off into where you are? Uh, I, I, you know, I put Dylan McElrath in imaginary jail, and, you know, I think we can leave it at that. So, okay, Here's where I'll jump into that point for you, Mike. 
Um, and this is the official stance that I took after it happened. I would have been perfectly fine with somebody bloodying Eakin after it happened. Uh, I'm not saying that I would have been against or that it should not have happened. I, I want to make that clear. But beating the crap out of someone, A, doesn't stop the hit from happening, and B, we've already seen that it doesn't deter anything. Lundquist has been run with Tanner Glass and, and Dylan McElrath in the lineup. These guys are not necessarily looking at the bench and thinking, oh, no, our enforcer may have to fight Tanner Glass if we do anything crazy tonight, guys. Enforcers don't deter anything. They don't stop anything. The only thing they do is make you feel a little bit better because they punch someone in the face who you think you might want to punch in the face if you were actually a professional hockey player. That's all it is. Uh, I, Steve Zippay was like, oh, maybe Lundquist is upset with the team because they didn't defend him. I love how yeah, we're not allowed. Not I, I love how we're not allowed to speculate whether or not Lundquist is, is unhappy with the fact that he didn't play four games in a row. But the team not fighting because he got cheap-shotted is something that he's going to be upset about. I think he has much bigger things to worry about. And I don't think there's this dynamic where Lundqvist feels like... The only reason why Lundqvist would be frustrated in that locker room is because his head coach decided that he didn't give the team the best chance to win four times in a row. That's, that's the only thing that he would talk about specifically that would make you really sit there and think to yourself, oh, wow, that's something that would upset me if I was in that locker room. Um, I do think it was a little bizarre that Brady Shea just, like, skated after the puck after seeing Lundqvist get destroyed. Uh, Jimmy Vesey at least made a half-hearted effort to do something, but you're no less a man or or no less a hockey player because you didn't decide you were going to go bloody someone on the ice. I I don't buy that. I don't believe that. I don't don't care. Um, It doesn't change anything. It doesn't make Hank healthy again. It doesn't doesn't do anything. It just makes you feel better as a fan, and that's one of the reasons why I think John Tortorella was so beloved when he was here. He used to say things that would make you be like, oh, my God, I would totally like, oh, Sidney Crosby's a whining crybaby. I say that, too. It doesn't help anything. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying it doesn't help anything. So, uh, oh, Tortorella, I remember the, the one game where, you know, he I think it was – I don't remember if it was against Pittsburgh, but he, he did the – he made Stu Bickle take a face-off for a line brawl. Remember that? Uh, I do. I also remember when he yeah. did that against the Devils. Uh, it's, it, there's a lot it's that a goes into – it's just – it, it, this isn't even old-time hockey. It's just what does it do? You, you get to fight someone because, you know, you make the decision that, okay, it's not okay that they hit our goalie. And listen – I'm not sitting there to tell you that you should be okay with someone running Lundqvist. I'm just saying that you should be far angrier that the Rangers only generated five shots on net with a full two-minute five-on-three and then another three minutes of the five-minute major than you should be that no one fought. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't mean you're soft. It doesn't mean you're weak. I, I, I hate the, that mob mentality when it comes to fighting and, you know, all that nonsense in hockey. It doesn't, it just doesn't mean anything, but on is Eakin going to be back when they play them again? Yeah, he'd have to or be no. right. I think he's only got a four game suspension. All right. So look, you want to get your revenge, whatever. But again, who are the Rangers going to send out there? And this was no, an exactly. opportunity. That's what I'm wondering. 
this was an opportunity for a few people to be like, oh, it's time to bring back Tanner Glass. It is not at all. That is wrong. Do not say that. Um, <laughs> don't be don't be that person. And I just uh, I think there's a lot of frustration that comes with it. And again, these are the same people who are like, oh, Hank doesn't deserve to be starting. Ronta's the new starting goalie. I don't care. Hank is washed up. This is for the good of the team. And then you really think that Lundqvist is going to turn around and be like, huh, I'm really pissed off that nobody on my team defended me. I, I just don't think it works like that. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it works like well, that. Well, my, my but, favorite example oh, – oh, I'm sorry, Joe. But my, no, 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 my no, favorite no, example of this whole, you know, an eye for an eye, you know, keeps people who make eye patches and business thing is <laughs> when – Many years ago, when Donald Brashear uh, concussed Blair Betts, I mean, and that season, you know, Betts was with the Rangers, and then over the offseason, the Rangers signed Brashear, and they parted way with Betts because in many ways it looked like his, you know, his career was over, I think. And you think about, because the thing I always point to with this stuff is, all right, so you have that guy who's that deterrent. Because, um, you know, this isn't, you know, 80s hockey where you have Bob Probert and every team has, you know, a Marty McSorley or a Bob Probert or whoever the hell. Um, you know, this is the modern game where we talked a lot about, you know, how great it is to have four lines that can score at the Rangers. And so, all right, so, you know, the Rangers – chose at that time, all right, we'll have Brashear, we won't have Blair Betts, who was a very, very good fourth-line center that was great at winning face-offs, uh, you know, didn't do a lot other than, you know, defensive zone stuff and face-offs, but he was fine, and they got an aging goon, um, one of the last real kind of goons they had, and I think we all remember how Brashear and Broadway worked out, so... It's the same, all right, so who who would come out of the lineup if someone like Glass or someone else goes in? Then what does that mean for, you know, the entire, the quality of the team's play? And also with this particular team, there's young guys that you want to give a chance and develop on every line. Um, even right now with, you know, people injured, you don't want, you don't want a guy who's, you know, and it's also timely because the whole there's been a couple articles recently out of Hartford about you know how Glass is you know really you know kind of pushing to get back into the NHL and how he doesn't think his career is over. Um, There's a terrible sound. Whoever made it that sounded like an I X-wing like going furniture upstairs yeah. because yeah. what better like an X-wing than attacking the Death Star um, when your husband is on a podcast. Do such things. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot where I was. Anyway, tough guys. Glass and returning to the NHL. You want young guys. Young guys good. And the whole the whole point is that even a guy like Brandon Peary, you know, he was a healthy scratch recently. People forget Peary will be an RFA. He's, you know, he's, he's under 25 years old. There's obviously we already know what he is kind of just, you know, another kind of blue line in player with a great shot that, frequently misses the net nowadays, but, you know, you don't want, can you imagine like Peary on the line with glass or it just, I don't know. It, it frustrates me just because it's, it's very short sighted and it's even worse when it comes to 
those guys on the blue line because you only have you can only dress six D every night. You really want one of them to be, you know, a guy who just runs around and murders people. Just it doesn't right, make sense. and that 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 kind of becomes the question: is what do you prioritize your team skills as? Is there a priority that goes to having skill in the lineup? Is there a priority that goes to having a guy in the bench that you could deploy to beat the crap out of people if you need it? And I've never prioritized that the latter. I've never thought it's important to have a guy who can just step up and fight because normally those guys are the only thing that they bring to the table is that aspect of the game. And I just don't, I don't think it's there anymore. And with the game, look, and hockey's changing. And I think maybe it's it's appropriate to say that hockey's changed, where you don't need those guys anymore. Nobody expects teams to win with those guys anymore. I mean, we do the whole, you know, show me Pittsburgh's, uh, show me Pittsburgh's enforcer last year. You know, show me, um, show me Chicago's enforcer. Show me the Los Angeles Kings enforcer being a tough team does not necessarily equal being a team full of enforcers. And that's where I think a lot of people have issues understanding. You, you look at a team like the, like the Los Angeles Kings that ended up being a very rough and uh, tough team, but they could also play hockey. And that's the big difference. The big difference is that you have players who are capable. Like yeah, a great example. Right. Lucic is a great example of someone who can play hockey and be a tough guy. In his primes, Adeno Chara was a, a good example of that. For shears of the world, the counter glasses of the world, there's just no place for them anymore. And if you build a team under the assumption that those guys are going to be something that you need, something that's going to make you better, then I think you're, you're boxing yourself into a corner. And it's something the Rangers have done quite a bit of. The Rangers are already bad enough at choosing who is the best player to, to dress in the lineup on any given day because Dan Schwartz is still a top-pairing defenseman. <laughs> so uh, there's, no, there's no middle uh, ground. The game is changing. The game is completely changed, and it's not what it used to be. And a lot of these crustaceans, as Mike called them, look and they say, well, see, this is why you need Tanner Glass in the lineup, or, or this is why you need a tough guy because that shit doesn't happen. Well, guess what? That shit does happen. It would happen with Glass in the lineup. That hit would happen no matter who was in the lineup. It does not matter. It just happens. It's hockey. I love that Kreider puts on a good show of of liking to drop the gloves. But let's face it. I mean, the guy is a beast. He's incredibly strong. But he's not a great fighter. He really isn't. You don't need him to fight either. You don't don't want him to fight. Oh, no, of course you don't want him to fight. But let's – I have seen – Two moments when the guy has searched out the spotlight to beckon to an opponent and drop his glove. He likes it. He wants to do it. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't want him out of the lineup. And, frankly, he's not good at it as maybe he thinks he is. So, yeah, it's – um. <laughs> I mean, if the guy – if he gets a chance to pick the guy up and throw him, he will succeed at that. But in terms of the actual fisticuff uh... – Kreider does not do quite as well as as he thinks he does. Um, this is probably why he has me blocked on Twitter, actually. Um, he does? Yeah, does he get, have I, blocked on Twitter? Yeah, he does. I've never figured you out why. To, um, before we get into that, because I do want to dig into that, right before you all leave, uh, we're going to go into the Tony time. I, uh, I would no like to thank to all... That, actually. 
I, I don't. I'm genuinely curious. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. You guys are the uh, sponsors of the show. Uh, go to patreon.com slash blueshirtbanter. Please donate. If you do, we can make the show better. I know that you're sitting here listening and thinking to yourself, my God, can the show get any better? But uh, it can. So a big thank you to Anthony Viola, Dan Lynch, Matt Bader, Eric Cohn, who said that he wanted to, uh, he might upgrade his donation service to make us all do a drunk podcast. And Beth is testing that theory out right now. Uh, Michael Silvers, who's finally <laughs> back in the chat. Trevor Kepner, Thomas Osa, Alexander Thornton, and Nicholas Forlenza. Also just wanted to thank Adam Herman. For those of you who missed it, he was on Fox 5 in New York uh, doing a segment about the Lundquist hit representing Blue Sharp Answer. Um, and yeah, so... Uh, that happened. Patreon.com slash Blue Shirt Banter. Remember that. Stretch your groin, people. Stretch it. Rub it. Do it. On Christmas morning, stretch Not that groin. On Christmas morning, stretch it. Um, anyway, Beth, back to you and being blocked by Chris Carter. I can't even think of a reason why that would be the case. Now, I'll tell I, you a story. I, I really do. Since okay. we're sharing. I, uh, back when Michael I'm Goldano go went on Chris like that. He went on a huge blocking spree. I was blocked Wait, by Michael Delzato. Way back, this was a couple of years ago. He went on a huge blocking <laughs> spree, and I found out that I was blocked by Delzato. So I was kind of annoyed because I was very heavily ridiculed. I was so adamant about defending Delzato that they used to make fun of me on the website as actually being uh, Michael Delzato in disguise running the website. So he blocked me and I like, I made it known that I couldn't understand why he blocked me. And then he unblocked me. I think just to like see some of the things that I had been saying and then reblocked me. So I have no idea what the deal was there, but uh, I think everybody has one of those Twitter. It just says one of those Twitter followers that, that blocks them. Like there's a guy, I don't want to give out his handle uh, because I'm not a jerk, but I've never had one interaction with him ever. Not once. And he hates my guts, and he blocked me. And uh, I know that I get retweeted into his, his time timeline sometimes, and that pleases me. Um, anyway, Beth, what did you do to Carter? <laughs> so many things, so many, oh many God. things. No, I have no idea. Called him a bad maybe, fighter, apparently. Um, maybe this is the episode where Law and Order actually comes. Bong, bong. Uh, <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, Lundquist. Uh, were we, we were talking about glass, actually, but it, it started with Lundquist, and... I'm just going to yep. think if anyone's blocked me on Twitter, I think I would be upset. You probably would be, because sure. you're a really nice Someone, guy. Someone now will do that, I'm sure, but... Yeah, but it'll be a crab person. Uh, very quickly, Henrik Lundquist. Did he ever leave back? I don't think he really ever left, but uh, he, he, I think we can all put this, this Ronta stuff to the side, correct, Beth? Yeah, I can. Yeah, he's back. He's what he always was, and crab people can suck it. Suck it, crab people. Mike? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of people point out the fact that, you know, maybe – not the facts, but they'll say, well, maybe this is what Hank needed was, you know, to be challenged. Uh, and all that stuff. But uh, I have that. such a, I have such a hard time with that because it's the, you know, 
it can't be it can't be disproved because it also can't be proved. It's it's not you know, it's just one of those weird, you know it's just a nothing statement. It doesn't mean anything. And I you know, we talked about it a bit last time with the whole, you know, how some players, you know, can respond better to that, but you know, we also went into the whole thing of you know, the coaching differences with you know, coaches who will put players, you know, you know, under the spotlight and criticize them to the media, which is so, it's so weird because so often, you know, coaches will, you know, when they're asked about, you know, when I've interviewed coaches and stuff, if you ask about a specific player, they'll broaden it. Even when it's painfully clear the player had a bad game, you know, they'll broaden it to, you know, oh, the whole team struggled, you know, that line struggled and that stuff, you know, they don't like to, assign blame but I think like we said last week even Hank not being you know on top of his game is still a good to very good NHL goaltender this is just Hank being Hank now and frankly he can be even better than this so and you know Joe also you know last week he pointed out he's always a slow starter so it's not it's not and a slow starter compared to you know what he does meanwhile you know, the win over the Devils, I think he just tied uh, Dominic Hasek's record for, mm-hmm. you know, most most wins by a European-born goalie. So, uh, you know, if, if that doesn't, if that little, you know, tidbit doesn't say enough about who Lundqvist is, I don't know if anything will. He's clearly still Henrik Lundqvist. I think I've written a lot of things this week, but yeah, Lundqvist, there is no return. And I, I've gotten... Look, there were a ton of people, there really were, who thought that Ronta was the best option, and they see what Lundqvist is doing now, and I think it's very fair to say that Lundqvist is put in a position with a defense that really wasn't uh, what it should be, and with an offense that was getting the job done and then wasn't getting the job done, that isn't necessarily the best recipe for a goaltender to come in and dominate, and... Like I've said, when you need your goalie to be the best goalie in the league to win a hockey game consistently, you're not doing your job as a team. And that's something the Rangers have never gotten beyond. Beth, your thoughts on this? No, I mean, it's it's ridiculous what he's been put through. And honestly, my hockey mom heart broke when he used the word desperate to describe his situation. Because who in their right mind puts a goalie like Henrik Lundqvist in a situation where he feels desperate? And what irritates me, and again, this, this is sort of related to what we talked about with Hayes and Beatty before, I'm sure there are people out there who think that Hank is now playing better because A.V. benched him. Ah. <laughs> exactly, right? Your head wants to explode. Your head wants to explode and kill every crab in the world. Um, sorry, crabs real crabs are fine. I mean, crab people, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that, it, and you know, the, probably the worst thing is that, ah, what if AV thinks that? What if AV thinks he did the perfect thing to take his star goalie down a peg and now look at how he's playing. And you know what? I, I just, I, I want to like throw my phone across the room and run away just because I said that. Um, because, oh, He's Henrik Lundqvist, and we know he can do that. I mean, 
like I, I said on Twitter earlier today, I was at the game last night. The cheers, I've never heard cheers like that for him um, outside the playoffs. And, I mean, yeah, of course, it was it was three-on-three, three and there was a shootout, so there was the opportunity for that. But, you know, the, the overwhelming majority of people are behind him and know what they have with him. And, um, you know, anything that says otherwise, but also anything that makes him feel otherwise, it's just, I really think it's beside the point. It's detrimental. And yes, I'm not a coach. No, I've never played in the NHL. Let's get all the disclaimers out there. Um, but, you know, what? I've met human beings, and it just doesn't seem like a good way to inspire them. Call me crazy. You know the crabs are out there. I mean, you really do. And they're, they're just like, oh, God, Lundquist is only playing better because Nancy Ronta came in for those four games. And. Um, because, you know, because AV knew what buttons to push. Uh, that's a load of crap. It really is. And listen, I'm all for Ronta playing really well, and I'm all for the Rangers having an elite backup, but there was never really any question for who the guy going forward is, and if that's the case, then why are you pushing things when it comes to Henrik Lundqvist playing or not playing? That's ultimately what it comes down to. <laughs> it's upsetting me so much that I'm choking on my own, uh, my own spit. Um and that's kind of that's that's where I am right now. I, I, Lundqvist is going to be Lundqvist. He, he's never ever let you down. Like you have no idea what you have in Henrik Lundqvist if you don't appreciate him. He's going to walk out the door, and you'll never ever ever see him again, and uh, you'll never see a goalie like him again. And it's going to be it's going to be really eye opening for the Crabs. And by then, it's going to be too far. And since we're speaking about the Crabs, let's pull them out of the sand holes one more time. <laughs> A lot of people think Derek Stepan hasn't been good enough. They don't think he's producing enough. They don't think he's a number one center, which I think is all a bunch of crap. Um, Stepan has been one of the Rangers' better defensive forwards. He forget the everybody likes to point out Stepan's goals. Derek Stepan has never been a goal scorer. We, it, like at some point, people need to realize that players have a history and a history that speaks to who and what they are. For example, Keith Yandel was never a goal scorer. So don't talk to me about how many goals Keith Yandel hasn't scored because he doesn't score a lot of goals. <laughs> Derek Stepan's the same way. I think he leads the team in primary assists. What more do you want from him? Enough. <laughs> Michael, jump in here. What? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Derek Stepan's very good at hockey. It's, you know, it's a big thing, you know, talked about it. Especially, you know, at the beginning of the year, the one of the big storylines is, you know, whether or not Stefan will finally crack that, you know, crack the the sixty point mark that, you know, feels like for a lot of people that feels like, you know, you got to do that if you're going to be talked about as a first line center at some point. You know, you have to reach that plateau, and you know, Stefan's not on pace to do that right now. But you know, I I don't have a ton of issues with his play. I still. You know, there's still a part of me that, you know, I question whether or not he's as essential as we maybe thought he was a year or two ago, just because of what Hayes is and uh, and how good, you know, Zabinajad has looked when, you know, his leg hasn't been broken. But um, I don't know. I don't have a ton of issues with Stefan. It's, he's really underrated away from the puck and, 
you know, as, as Joe pointed out, he and McDonough are tied for, you know, 11 primary assists. So, you know, in 33 games, you know, I think it's 34 games. Uh, 22 points, 34 games, and 11 primary assists. It's a primary assist every three games and throw in six goals in there. It's, he's fine. He's, is he brilliant? No, but, you know, he's getting the job done. He's the guy who's second on the team in shots, actually, behind Nash, so. Um, there's, I don't think there's a lot to, to freak out about it, about his game, but on the same page, I also don't think there's too much to really, you know, celebrate about his game. You know, it's just, it's become a very low key. He's not going to make a ton of huge mistakes. Uh, he's going to go out there and, you know, put up, you know, 50, 55 points and, you know what? That's fine. I mean, the the contract the Rangers signed him to was a pretty big investment in you know a, a young guy who came up the organization. And frankly, for a long time, was the only center this team has developed in a really long time. But uh, you know, I don't think there's too much to be concerned about, Stefan. That there's still a lot of hockey to be played. Beth. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm not concerned either we haven't seen bad things from him um this whole thing about needing the constant production of goals on one hand from a logic perspective i understand it but on the other hand i mean in a lot of ways the 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 forward lines have been reconfigured this year and i feel like stepan's one of those guys who had to sort of sit back for a little bit and figure out what his new role was even when he's playing with people he's played with before and I feel like, you know, he's got the assists, he's getting the goals again. And, you know, sometimes you have to be, there's, <laughs> I feel like there's not a lot of patience in hockey fandom. Um, but sometimes you especially do need to be a little York. patient. Yeah, especially not in New York. It's, it's, we are very, very, very tough on our teams, uh, especially the ones who can actually hear, ones who can actually hear us yelling at them. And, um, you know, he's he's doing what he's paid to do, and I think he's only going to be doing it better as time goes on right now. He does seem to be finding a groove that, you know what, even if he wasn't quite in it scoring-wise at the beginning of the season, again, sometimes things just take time and people need to fall back into a rhythm. And uh, it was a beautiful goal he had last night, and, yeah, let's just, again, there's no reason to be lamenting his performance right now. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you have the right personnel on the ice. I mean, this is why we were bitching so much about Clendenning not being used in the final minute of a game because you need a guy like McDonough who's smart enough to know, oh, I can throw the puck really tough to, to step on. He can deflect him into the net. And that's exactly what happened. But I think from a, an actual hockey standpoint, Rangers fans are so ungrateful. I don't even know what the, the right word is to use. They're just, they, you nothing know, is ever good enough. Go you know what it is? It's probably, it's probably the people who were complaining about Nash realized that they ain't about him anymore. So now they've decided to just shift their attentions over to Stepan. You know? I mean... But like, if you're a Rangers fan and Henrik Lundqvist isn't good enough for you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, I really don't. How could you look at this team? How could you have been a fan of this team for an extended period of time and think to yourself, okay, Henrik Lundqvist isn't good enough for me anymore. 
Honestly, that's like getting a car for your 16th birthday and not even like a regular car, like a Ferrari. And you driving it around for a while and being like, I think I'm going to trade it in for like a Toyota Camry or something. That's it's it's <laughs> I, you'll never ever. I know I keep saying this. You will never, ever see a goaltender this good on Broadway ever again. You won't. Lundqvist just tied Dominic Hasek for the most wins ever by a European goaltender with like 389, I think. Think about that for a minute. Lundqvist and he did it sooner, three. didn't he? Did he do it yeah, sooner than? Yeah, he's won three. 189 games as a goaltender for the New York Rangers. It took Richter his entire career to get there. And, and granted, he was on much worse teams and he had injury troubles. But just appreciate what you have. Try to appreciate it. And again, these are the, the same people who will defend Dan Girardi to the death. And I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but you're going to defend him to the death. And Henrik Lundqvist is the guy you're going to throw out the window? I mean, come on now. Seriously. Be better than that, or at least try to be better than that. Ride the hot handle. It'll feel a little bit better, and then you'll be good to go. <laughs> you know, drink a, drink a Zuka Cola, a delicious, refreshing Zuka Cola, and that's all. I, I, it's just, it's very frustrating to, A, be told you hate the team, which we get all the time for different analytical viewpoints, and then be told by the same people that, well, uh, you know, Lundqvist, uh, Ronta should be starting. Yeah, I, I just, I don't have time for it. It gives me a headache, and it's where we are right now. It really is. But I will say this. I think the Rangers have, they've beaten some pretty good teams. It was a good game against Nashville. You'd like to see the Rangers play better against the Devils, but the Rangers always have those little, uh, they always have those little blips in the radar when it comes to division rivalries, and I think the Rangers have proven that they can be resilient, and I really am genuinely curious to see what the Rangers have in store when everybody comes back fully healthy. There, there's definitely something to be very excited about from that standpoint, but I also think that they're still kind of falling into the same traps, and injuries have sort of been an issue, and maybe this team is kind of poised to be fully healthy when the playoffs come around, but I'm not really oh, sure, God. to be completely honest with you. I'm really not. Uh, anything you guys want to uh, throw out there? No, I really like JT good. Miller. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about JT Miller or Kevin Hayes. This like budding bromance between the two of them that I think is going <laughs> to turn into something that Rangers fans are going to be really happy with. And they've shown some like incredible when... chemistry on the ice. They really have. I like when Crider picks up Zuccarello. I like that. Like his little princess. That's good. Yeah, those things are very special. More of that. Did a little dance the other night too, not last night, but but they uh, shoot out goal, right? Against the Predators, I think there was there was there was dancing. I'm not sure there should have been, but there was. DC's uh, (laughs) DC shootout goal against uh, DC shootout goal against Nashville was disgusting. Zuccarello's goals against Nashville and against the Devils. Oh my God! Corey Snyder was back in the fourth grade after that Duke uh, Deke. It was incredible. Um, again, there's a, lot, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about, honestly, with what the Rangers have shown. I'm just not sure. I don't want to say what type of team they are, but I just don't think we have all the answers yet in terms of expectations and what we should be expecting. And, you know, what we're, what we're expecting to see. Things are only going to get harder. Teams are learning how to play against the Rangers. They're clogging up the neutral zone quite a bit more. They're making life difficult for the Rangers defenders. And 
Nick Holden, I think, has sort of earned a spot in this, I want to say, second-pair role. And yeah. know, we didn't really talk about it, but he was ready. He, when Limber got laced up with a perfectly clean hit against Dallas, Holden actually threw his gloves on the ground and was ready to go fight uh, whoever it was who laid the hit. And I thought that was an awesome moment. But I, I think the Rangers definitely have some good things uh, that are going on for them right now. Uh, Lundqvist getting back on his game is, is only a good thing. Mika Zibanejad coming back, Pavel Buchnevich, if, if he ever does come back, it, it, these are only good things for the Rangers. Well, why but, would you say that, Joe? Why? Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Where, where is Has he? Has anyone he seen playing? him? Do we have pictures of him? No, I mean, he's not even he? skating. He, he's I am worried about. Skating. No, he was skating on his own. It said the other day. Or was like he? That's what they said. That's what they say. They. Who are they? You believe everything they that you the hear, Russians. Mike? I don't know. I mean, look at the world we're living in right now. It's, oh, boy. Are you insinuating that the Russians are holding Bushnevich back? I did not bring up the Russians, but you did. And because you did, yes. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> See what you've done, Beth? You think that I, 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 you know, I came out and said it. I, I think that some shady deal happened between Putin and Trump, and no one's seen Bushnevich since then. So, you know, Could, do the math. Could you imagine people, that was what sealed the election? Listen, you, you give me back Buchnevich, and I will give you the election. That's probably what the whole thing was for, let's face it. Uh, He's listen, really I, good I at Buch- hockey. I want Buchnevich back on the ice as much as anyone does. Uh, I, I wish we had a little bit more of an update out of him. I, not hearing anything is scarier than... That's the sinister oh, thing. Right, that's sinister. What a word. That's that a is the sinister word. thing. But that's Not what knowing. it is. I mean, wasn't wasn't the last comment we got on him like when someone asked when he'd be playing, and they're like, "Oh, well, you know, we're still just worried about his skating. Worried about his skating. What the hell happened to him?" Well, that's you the, guys remember that, the thing I'm talking about? This and they're is like, the "Well, three, you know, he's not even really skating yet." This is the three week thing. He was supposed to be back in three weeks, and that was before Thanksgiving. Now it's Christmas. So what? What yeah, happened? Really, on December 6th, the Daily News said he was on the ice by himself. But that's December 6th, so that's two weeks ago. <laughs> How did you find that and, so quickly? Are you a witch? Because, no, there's, <laughs> there's a thing, Joe. It's, it's called the Internet. I know nothing of this Internet. And you can find out all sorts of things about Russians on it. It's very good. Riding yeah, hot hands. Oh, my and God, the Canadian and U.S. women are headed to OT. Oh, my oh God. God. Canada scored in the last 28 seconds. They're tied 1-1. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Buchnevich. And I don't even know what the deal is with his manager at either. Not that he's behind schedule, but he's still in a boot. So I think we got a little bit of time to go there, too. Well, at least we saw what happened to him. I mean, there's no well, doubt about that's that. that's a good point. Yeah. And don't forget, too, the Buchnevich stuff came based off of Walmart. My, so my, I have a bed for the dog in the basement, and this is the fourth Wait, time Wait, how many do you coming. have? I have one dog, but I have four beds for him. How many beds? I have one bed in the basement. I have one bed next to my bed, and then we have what me and my wife call a high bed, which is two beds on top of each other in the living room that he sleeps on and the bed in the basement. He really only comes into if we're down here. My wife is upstairs cooking. And for whatever reason, he keeps coming downstairs running into the bed 
digging at it with his paws and then running back upstairs. So I don't know if he's trying to tell me something or if I should be concerned. That's where the Russians put the listening device. That's where it is where they put the listening device. You're right. Stanley's attempting to inform me. Um, what were we talking about? Stanley oh, or so, Stan Levski? Yeah. Oh. dog. He does say comrade a lot instead of barking. You know what um, we could talk about is how ridiculous the Metropolitan Division is. Yeah, what the how, hell? When did John Tortorella become a really, really good coach? Yeah, I, I still – it's a joke I've been telling for about three weeks now, and people are getting tired of it. But I still have no idea what the hell the Blue Jackets are. I don't I, I don't know if it's just They're a Bobrovsky. team that's winning hockey games is what they are. Yeah, Bobrovsky being good, and then, you know, Wenstrom, and, like, what the hell's going on there? Like, Boone Jenner isn't scoring. Brandon Saad's not doing great. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Where the hell's Buchnevich? What I want to know. Where is Buchnevich? Beth, what did you do with him? We need to send like one of those ransom notes that's like, you know, letters cut out of a newspaper from yeah. different uh, words and just demand him back. Although I think that's what you actually send when you ask for ransom. But we don't want ransom. We just want him back. Is this, is this the weekly crime that we're, we're creating? What, but who are yeah. we sending that to? The Rangers? They would give him to us because they want him back. I'm not sure I that's think, true. I think we send it to <laughs> what? Wait a the minute. premier. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Leave it alone. It just, I just love that there's a point in every episode of the VU has to be involved. Well, some type of crime occurs, for sure. <laughs> so, I, I don't know now. Now I'm genuinely confused. I just want him back. I just That's all I want. I want, I want my good friend Buchnevich back. That's it. I think it would be good for everybody if he came back. He would make the Rangers a lot better. I would know that he's healthy. How good would that be? It would be yep. great. It the would be great. God. Imagine if all of them came back. Is what? Oh, my it's God, all the to Rangers back? together again. Well, could you imagine what they're going to do healthy? I mean, maybe the wheels are going to no, fall off. No, actually, I can't because I don't remember what that's like. I cannot imagine it, to tell you the truth. We did get a good glimpse of it. We got a good idea of what it looked like at some point, at one point. Back you score eight Beth billion goals and everyone else is sad. I think Beth took Buchnevich. I think she went crazy when Dylan McElrath got taken and traded to Florida. Yeah. It's not like I can watch him do wonderful things along the boards in my house. I did not take him. I did not. <laughs> um, well, then, this was a fun Monday <laughs> night episode of the podcast. This is Bantering the Blue Shirts. We are directly in your ear. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we uh I don't, end I don't for the like night? when you do that. I don't like when you do that. <laughs> Not that even a little ear? bit. Yeah, because I think everyone who has any sanity in their head doesn't like the thought of things being in their ear. No. Like, what, right but you know what's a fascinating thing is that Q-tips, it's expressly labeled that you shouldn't put them in your ear. Right. But why does it feel so good, Joe? Because why does it feel here's the so thing. Good? Q-tips very clearly say that you cannot put them in your ear. But a blue what shirt the hell are you going to use them for otherwise? They're lying. You're supposed to put blue shirt banter in your ear. You're supposed to put bantering blue shirts right into your ear. That's right. You didn't think about that, did you? 
Uh, you're supposed to use it for like makeup or like cleaning things. They lie. What cleaning what things, Joe? I don't know your eyebrows. Between Listen, the little keys on your computer, it works for that. But clearly, but they're just making you read computers. Do they not? Mike, I think you. Uh, oh well, yeah. Might be confusing me with someone who invented the Q-tip. <laughs> he does seem I don't to know. expect you to be a font of knowledge on the Q-tip. That's I'm true. Just, I'm just talking, Joe. You know what? I want to butter up a duck. Me and my buddy Lunkin are going to go butter a duck. Do you want to ride the hot buttered duck, though? Uh, yes. That would be hard because wanna... it would be buttered. That's yeah, true. I mean, You'd it's flip right off. Yep. Maybe that's what we should do for like a, a podcast meetup is go to a place that has the mechanical bull, but we we make it into a duck. No, nope, 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 nope. Now hear nope, me out. Nope. Hear me out. I we'll have use margarine and we'll call it a mallard. So it's nice and alliterative. <laughs> Did you have an incident with a duck once? A, a bull that was bantering the, the mallards? Wait, why are we calling it a mallard? Well, mallard. Happy is just holidays, everybody. Duck. Well, that's true. We're not gonna. We're gonna be gone for Christmas and uh, yeah. the start of Hanukkah. Everyone, go find Buchnevich. That's your. It's your Christmas. Yeah, that's your. Home. Yeah, your Christmas go present. find Buchnevich. It's, it's home. Find where the hell he is and get him home. He's probably just lost in the city. That's probably what's happened. Is this like a Saving Private Ryan moment where it's like we have to find Buchnevich? Yeah, he's adorable. He speaks Saving very Comrade Buchnevich. I could see him being lost and scared in the. Uh, I could see him being lost and scared in in New York City. Somewhere in the garment district, I'm sure. Just... They just don't want to tell anybody that they lost him, because that would cause an international incident. Because <laughs> technically, he's just murdered off, and they're just covering as best they can. Yeah. Wait a minute. Whose a... job was it to pack Buchnevich? Who didn't pack Buchnevich? It was Kreider's job. It was Kreider's job. Probably, job, you know what? If, if he it was, was too busy job, practicing it, that glove drop in front of a mirror. It would have definitely been Kreider's job of all the people. It would have been Kreider's job. That's why. He so we're blaming Kreider for this. I think. I think that's the way to go. That's why he blocked me on Twitter. Yeah. I know because you knew. Because you would have found out because you're. The, I know the what he did detective. last November. He lost. <laughs> <laughs> They went if to the park. He's, he's definitely he's going gone. to block us. Block us all on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> um, no. Yeah, Chris, did you listen to uh, in the Blue Shirts the other day? They blamed you for losing Buchnevich. <laughs> but he's not lost. He's right here. No, they, apparently he's quite lost. Oh, shit. Did I not remember to pack him? Damn it. Where do we leave him? Like a lost contact of sorts? I haven't even. Have you even seen him in like the? When was the last time we saw him? Well, like, right. What was yeah, the last so, game that's what I was going to ask. Do we ever see Zabanajad in the press box? We do, right? He was seen in a cast. Yes. I so him have, we seen, have we seen Buchnevich? I haven't. I don't think I no. have either. This is what I mean. This is there's there's serious the shit somewhere. going on. It's like unsolved mystery with Buchner. He's working as a fry cook. <laughs> At the garden? Yeah. <laughs> a sidekick? A fry no, a fry cook. cook. Sidekick? Eh, he could do better than a sidekick. There you go with your, your music. Go use a Q-tip. 
get the ducks out of my ears. Yes, I will. I still think the uh, best part of that was you frequently confuse water and butter. <laughs> what is cooking like in your house? My cooking is everywhere? fascinating. I'm sure yeah, it is. Everywhere. It's covered in butter. <laughs> Sounds good. Do you see a problem with that? I don't see a problem uh, with that. No, that's a good my thing. Heart it's a very good but that Your heart will go thing. on. No. My heart will go on. There's nothing to fear. No, that's a different oh, song. That's, that's the bodyguard. We're talking about Titanic. Oh, the bodyguard. That is a Dolly Parton song called I Will Always Love You. Fuck the bodyguard. Jesus. But that's from the bodyguard. <sighs> that's me hissing like a cat to bring a new animal into our uh, strange roster Rep here. 12. I don't know why yes. I know so much about 90s movies, but I do. It is in that movie, and Whitney Houston sings it, and her 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 version is beautiful and admirable, but it is still a Dolly Parton song, and that is all. And then, and then Whitney Houston went crazy, and then she's dead. Well, Jesus. Happy holidays, everybody. Please pay for this. We are asking you to pay for this. Our hot country music. International intrigue cake. Pay for them. Who doesn't love country music? Who doesn't love international intrigue? Cold War all over again, bitches. International uh, espionage with a Zuccarello, not a Zuccarello, a uh, Bukhshinevich who's missing. But why doesn't anyone freak out about Zuc not scoring? But they're fine. I mean, they freak out about Stefan not scoring, but Zuc not scoring, no no one gives a damn. Because some players are exempt from being concerned. Hey, Zook. Mm. Yeah. Zook Zook we took all his, we took all his friends. How can he be expected to score goals? Oh God. Apparently he's spending Christmas with Broussard. Oh my god. They're gonna trade Broussard again. I so wanna watch that. Again. I would definitely pay money to be in that hotel room or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Prater's getting Prater's getting too close to Zook. He's got to watch out. He's yeah, he's playing he with fire there. Haglin just follows Phil Kessel around now, though, right? So there's no chance of that the third blue shirt one. coming back for the holidays, like a Probably veteran not. from a foreign war. <laughs> I'll be home for uh, Christmas. This is what happens you when Beth drinks. can plan. No, this is what happens when I'm sober, too. I hate to bring it to you. This is just is what it is. Look, if you guys want us to do a drunk cast, and we will do a drunk cast, uh, you have to donate $30. I got being the only one, though. You have to donate $30 to the Patreon. $30 a month, and then we'll you get a free podcast. You get to choose. We'll do a Tony Time podcast for you about really anything. I don't, yeah, I don't drink, but I'll eat a lot of sugar that day. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike will do meth because he doesn't drink. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. Right. A little bit of meth. Throw some meth in there. Um, okay, now we've officially reached the silly portion of the today's podcast. It's Monday. Oh, that, that sucks. Quite a while tomorrow's going to be Tuesday. And that's better. And hopefully you all. We're spend... playing the Penguins. Oh my God! Oh my God! I I'm really nervous about this game. I feel like I it's... didn't even know they were playing the Penguins. They're playing them tomorrow, Joe. Oh my God! I'm a bad blogger. You run a Rangers blog. 
like the most popular Rangers log <laughs> in the if world. If anybody knows who they're playing tomorrow, it should be you. Damn it. Uh, Joe, you're yeah. the worst. That is uh, all of those things are true. I'm going to back out slowly now. <laughs> Patreon.com slash dog. And you don't know the Rangers play tomorrow. My dog knows that there's a Russian listening device downstairs. I think I knew they were playing tomorrow. I just don't think I knew who they were playing. That's all. Penguins. Um, Penguins. Penguins. PSB is Mike. Beth Macklin is Beth. You type those things after Twitter.com and you get their pages. You should go follow them. Uh, Blue Shirt Panther for me. You can read us at Blue Shirt Panther. You can read Mike at FanRag Sports, the enemy, but I'll allow it. Um, you could read Beth at BlueShirtPanther.com slash Riveters. Mike at BlueShirtPanther.com slash Riveters. And Mike at BlueShirtPanther.com because without Mike, uh, 99% of the things we do would not get done on the website. Maybe Nothing would get done without Mike. I'm going to say 99%. And I like, and I like compliments, especially public ones. Stop Mike is basically the podcast. And I hate you both like poison. Mike and I am things. just, I'm like the man in the high castle who does nothing and has become bloated. I'm very bloated right now, and Mike is running the ship. So thank you for you're that, Mike. You're bloated? You're, you're a good man, yeah. Bloated. We need to hang up now. Blo- good night, it's, gentlemen. It's Christmas, Beth. What do you do? You eat cookies and you get bloated. <laughs> You love that you slurred your way through the word Christmas. It's Christmas. You're buttering ducks and you're yelling at me because I'm bloated? You know my calories are in a buttered duck? <laughs> it's I, I thousands, you tens of thousands. Oh, I didn't tell you to eat the buttered duck. It's the foie gras duck where it's force-fed food for its Yeah, donate money to the Patreon. Make us better. Patreon.com slash blue shirt banter. Uh, Happy holidays, everybody. Spend it with your family. Good night. Have good holidays. Bye. Butter up a duck. Go grab some pitchforks. There's lots of things you can do. I'm in control. Oh, God. Beth really hung up on us. How messed up is that? It has to end. Let it end. She hung up, though. I have I'm in complete control. This podcast does not end until I allow it to end. She's the only one with common sense. That's why she's hung up. She is the only one with common sense. Let's, we could talk some crap about her right now. She has no idea. No. Beth frequently she butters dust. She against some butter. Their, she might have. I can't believe she dropped out. What a... God. All right. I love you, Michael. What a lunkin. What a lunkin. What a, lunkin. What a buttered duck lunkin. Don't think that it was lost on me that I told you I loved you and you didn't tell me you loved me back. I love you very much. Good. Let the masses hear. Good night. Good night, everybody. That's no.